Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, the question, I'll repeat the question again. The question is regarding the role of Sufism, Tasawwuf, and Masajid today in Britain. Yeah. Firstly, with regard to the Masajid, uh, the first masjid which was established was the Masjid of the Messenger of Allah. Of course, there were Masajid before that, but what I mean is that the Masjid Al Masjid Al Nabawi Al Sharif was established by the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in which the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam led and had the role of Imam Imam Al Masjid but also uh, the role of what is known as Al Imamah or Al Imamah Al Kubra which is political leadership from the Masjid the religious affairs were organized and the worldly affairs. So the companion who had only a small amount of food to live, where would he go to complain? He would go to the masjid. And he would say, Ya Rasulullah, I'm in need of marriage or I am in need of wealth or food. And the role of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam as an Imam was to distribute the food. We know, for instance, the famous hadith of Sayyiduna Abu Hurairah when the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam left him to guard the food at night. Why was the food, sadaqatul fit, placed in the masjid? In a, in a place in the masjid. That food was then distribute, distributed amongst the fuqara. And this continued throughout the caliphate. In the Khilafah of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, the caliphate of Sayyidina Umar. For instance, from Bahrain, when they received thousands of silver coins, Sayyidina Umar had the coins distributed in the masjid. But later, in the time of Banu Umayyah, and throughout the Islamic centuries and various kingdoms and caliphates, the role of the masjid decreased and the political role was separated from the masjid. So uh, the courts, for instance, were established outside of the masjid because punishments were not given in the masjid or in the courtyard of the masjid. So the role of the masjid decreased. So some people, sometimes they read the hadith and they say the masjid must have more of a role than just prayer. And they give citations of those hadith. But what they do not understand is that as time went by, populate, the population increased. The Baytul Mal was removed from the masjid. Because the security decreased. And they were, for instance, in Ajami uh, al-Umuwi, the Baytul Mal was separated from the masjid itself. So then we come into... 21st century Britain. That, firstly, Islam came here for the majority of people through migration. And the masajid are established based upon public funds. So, what role do we have today in these masajid that we establish? Firstly, the masajid, aside from the five daily prayers that we perform, 
the masajid have the role of the Muslim community that surrounds the masajid, educating them. The education of the Muslim community that surrounds the masjid, that is established. What is the right of the masjid over those people? One of the rights is that the comfort, the comfort of the masjid must be better than the homes in that locality. Yes? That's an obligation. So, so it should be built very beautifully. It depends. So if you go to uh, Mauritania, I want to say that some people cite that the days that the sign of Kiyama would be, the massage would be very beautiful, and people would come to the masjid just to see the masjid. There are there's two points of uh, which I was going to mention as well. Indeed. That sign you mentioned, that people will be competitive in masajid. And another one mentions another sign, Zakharif, uh, ornamenting the masajid. But the hadith mentions also, their hearts will be, meaning khariba is what uh, a place which is derelict, their hearts will be derelict. What is the sign? There's a fiqh of this hadith. Number one, it's dislike makroo to spend on a masjid in an area where there is poverty, where people do not have basic food, they do not have clothing, they do not have shelter. But the fiqh is that in an area where the where the people are, uh, they have homes. Well established people. Well established people that they have homes which are decorated. The masjid standard must be one daraja, one grade above the homes of the people. So this varies, that's the fiqh of the hadith. It varies from, if you go to Mauritania, people who live in tents will have a masjid that the standard of which would not be accepted in the UK or in Saudi Arabia or in any oil-rich uh, Gulf state. The standard of the masjid must be one grade better than the standard of the homes of that locality. Secondly, the hadith is telling us two signs. One is that the, the intention behind ornamenting the masjid is competition, which is haram. Competition and boastfulness because the, the hadith states nas, which is boastfulness and competitive behavior, ostentation. And the second is that their hearts will be derelict, meaning they will build the masjid nicely, but their hearts, will, and in another hadith, it states the rows will, they will have gaps in their rows, gaps in their rows, and their hearts will despise one another, because by making gaps in the rows, it causes a spiritual disease, which is the spiritual disease of hatred. That they will have hatred towards one another. So this is one of the hukuk of the masjid, that the people in the locality, they must make the standard of the masjid one daraja better than the locality. But what is the, the, the right of the people? Firstly, dissemination of ilm, of Quran and Sunnah, Ilm is Quran and Sunnah. Yeah. And secondly, 
the establishment of the press. So this is where the role of Sufism comes in. Because uh, Sufism, Tasawwuf, some people, some detractors, some critics, have attempted to portray my views as being antithetical to Tasawwuf. When this is incorrect. Tasawwuf is a part of our, of our deen. So could you just, in a nutshell, explain what is Sufism? When I say Florentina Sufism, what does that mean? When I so, uh, Tasawwuf, firstly, when Sayyidina Jibreel, when he entered the majlis of the Muslim Prophet, he inquired regarding four things. One was regarding Al Islam, the second was Al Iban, the third was Al Ihsan, and the fourth was the Day of Judgment. And then, when the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Mal anha min uh, The questioner and the one we question are equal in this regard. Uh, he then inquired regarding Ashratu Sa'ad, the signs of the end of time. So, these are four aspects of our deen. The first one, Al Islam is what we refer to as al-fiqh, jurisprudence, which relates to everyday, uh, everyday acts of worship and uh, mu'amalat, dealings, and also al-ahwal al-shakhsiyah, which is a personal law, like marriage and other things. The second, which is al-iman, is creed, uh, belief, aqari. The third, al-ihsan, is the spiritual welfare. This became known as tasawwuf. Others refer to it as Tazkiyah. Now Tasawwuf is a discipline, is a science that was retained by its masters and will always be retained and disseminated. What does it disseminate? It disseminates the correct teachings of how to bring the spiritual and emotional aspects of a human being closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam described this which means what? That you worship Allah as if you see him and if you do not see him then know he sees you. This is a spiritual state. For instance, we pray salah now. When you prayed your salah, did you feel halawatul iman, the sweetness of faith in your salah? Did you feel a taqarrub in Allah? The closeness to Allah. This sweetness is what is inculcated by the Sufi master in the adept, in the student. This sweetness and closeness which is described in the Quran, Allah bi Behold with the remembrance of Allah, the heart find what? Tum'alina, which is what? Tranquility, which is stillness, calmness. This closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is what Tasawwuf inculcates in the believer, bringing them close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and making them taste halawatul iman, the sweetness of faith. So can I ask a question here? Now look, we as an imam or the muqtadi or the committee members that run the masjid, we, do, we, we could say that I, we try to be the best person, we try to act upon the rules and the, the, the shara'if of the soul. How do we get there? How do I become a practical Sufi at the same time as a Muslim? Firstly, 
before we become practical Sufis, we must become practical Muslims. Yeah. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. So if someone, uh, uh, meaning we act upon the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now Sharia, the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala relates to the outward and the inward. The outward is the acts of worship. The inward is, for instance, tackling amrad al-qalb. Yes. The diseases of the heart. Yes which are listed by some of the ulama as being over 40 diseases of the heart, which is felt on every Muslim to know regarding the ailment and its cure. Now the lay person is unable to know, meaning how many lay people are there who are able to sit there and read a book on the 40 ailments and practice that. The answer is not many. Actually, could you elaborate what's called? What does layman mean? So, a layman, again, this term is, uh, this term, the term layperson, is in reference to those who are not referred to as ulama or advanced students of knowledge. So, the layperson would be someone who is not an alim of the religion or is not an advanced student of, of the religion with non Arabs. In our culture, we would say someone who is unable to extract the legal ruling from the works of fiqh, jurisprudence, the works of uh, the tafasir, the commentaries of the Quran, the commentaries of the hadith. And generally, we recognize someone who has studied something from their access to the Arabic books and the books of religion. But, uh, of course, this is a relative term. It's relative to the community. Sometimes you may have an alim who does not know Arabic, yeah. but you will not refer to him as a jahil. He's an alim. He's an alim relative to his audience. So there was there was some ulama in the past, recent past, who never knew Arabic proficiently. But they were ulama to their audience because their audience were lay people who were rural people who knew basics. He was able to extract legal rulings from Urdu books for them correctly. So for me, that person is still an alim, yes. even though the term is what? Relative. But then you'll have more advanced ulama. Yes. So in this regard, lay people cannot necessarily read a book on the Amrad al-Qalb and the Sawr, so they would need uh, the guidance of ulama, people who can guide them in the correct way. This is where the formulation of Turuq the formulation of Sufi orders, uh, the inception of Sufi orders start initiating. That the, those who were trained by a Sufi master, they would train others. And the purpose of a Sufi master is to bring you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wow. So how you know you are in a correct Sufi order is firstly, like uh, Sheikh Muhammad al-Hashim rahimahullah. He passed away in 1961 in Damascus. He was Algerian. He taught the people Umm Ibrahim in Ajam al Umawi. But at the same time, he inculcated Vikrullah, remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and trained many people, the likes of Shaykh Abdul Rahman Shah, Shahuri, and others, Rahimahullah, trained many people in the Sufi path. Now, in Britain, the role of Sufi orders is firstly to teach people 
the correct belief that in the sense, now when I say correct belief, some people think this is only relates to some tenets of faith. When in reality it relates to strengthening Iman in Allah, conviction, strengthening Iman in Allah, in the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa in the Ahadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa Because today, in today's globalized world, we face multiple challenges that people are not only bombarded with subsidiary issues, they are bombarded with things that uh, attack the very foundation of our faith. So, a Sufi guy must firstly strengthen the Iman of the adept, increase their halawatul Iman, sweetness in faith, increase their piety and acting upon the Sharia inwardly and outwardly. And there's a process of this. And if anyone is a claimant to being a Sufi guy in Britain today, their success is measured in accordance with their results. Meaning, the the results, are they inculcating the love of Allah and His Messenger وسلم, the hearts of people, increasing them in dhikrullah, uniting the hearts, not dividing people, and also making them feel the, the sweetness of ibadah, when they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because we have many claimants of the Sabbath, if all the claimants were living correctly to their claim, then your masjid at Fajr time would be full. Yes? Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very question. We find it, you know, maybe this is of the subject of what we are talking, maybe it's part of it. That we live in modern Britain today because when I came from Pakistan, there were only one race living there. When I came here, I've seen all different type of people living here and I was surprised. Today, I think maybe what many countries are in the world, the people are living in Britain from there and they all celebrate their, you know, their uh, good days. Uh, how we can uh, celebrate with them? Uh, in modern return today and keep up our, our faith as well. So the, the question relates to celebrations of other faiths. How do we maintain living in modern Britain uh, without associating in the celebrations of others? Remember one thing. A person who is principled in his faith will earn the respect of other faiths because of his adherence to his own faith. Yes. So people are respectful of the fact that we do not celebrate other religious festivals. We should make that very clear. Because celebrating their festivals entails shirk, polytheism. So, and it's not offensive not to do so. It's not offensive. So, for anyone to feel that they have offended a person of another faith by not celebrating their religious celebrations, they have misunderstood those people. A Hindu will not be offended by the fact that you do not celebrate his celebrations of Diwali and other things. Likewise with Christmas. So as Muslims what we do is that firstly we celebrate our own 
commemorations, our own celebrations, and we invite non-Muslims to those celebrations, to participate with us in Eid, Eid al-Fitr, Eid al-Adha. When we invite them to our celebrations, this will communicate uh, to them that we are accommodating for all peoples, that we are accommodating of all races, all ethnicities, and people of all faiths, inviting them to our celebrations. So we invite them to Eid al-Fitr, we invite them to Eid al-Adha, we invite them to Mawlid. Uh, there's nothing wrong with inviting them to our Masajid to participate in our celebrations. But, when, but those who attend, they will attend because they ascribe to a secular worldview, where they attend the religious festivals of all religions. Those who refuse to attend, they are like us, that they, they are what firm upon their faith. So we do not become offended if a Christian refuses to attend our events. So this is with regard to the religious commemorations. As for non-religious commemorations, which have no religious aspect to them at all, then we can uh, congregate with them in non-religious uh, celebrations or in, uh, in anything which does not entail an infringement of our usuluddin, our principles of religion. So this is something very important to realize. I heard in Dublin there was a man, an imam of a masjid, someone informed me of this, that he had the LGBT flag in the masjid. So meaning this is taking accommodating uh, these type of concepts to a totally different some people were on Facebook, you know, when the vaccine started, vaccination, the Facebook photo the, of the profile was, uh, I saw the Imam of Oldham, he had a picture, and it was the LGBT logo around his face. The profile for Facebook that I vaccinated was that, the NHS side, then the logo, then the Imam in the photo, your own picture. So the Imam must have avoided this. Uh, and should avoid such a thing. It may have been a mistake on his part, but the point is that avoiding such uh, such uh, such uh, Action. actions or uh, displays yeah. displaying yourself in such a manner in which contradicts the tenets of our faith. This is absolutely important. Uh, for instance, the Imam of a Masjid should not participate in Christmas celebrations, uh, he should not participate in Easter celebrations, he must not uh, participate in Diwali, uh, this is absolutely haram, absolutely haram, and uh, uh, the, the Imam of the Masjid must avoid this at all costs. Similarly, the committees, uh, they can invite them Muslims to our own celebrations, yeah. in, to participate in Easter and we must not become offended if they refuse to attend. Yeah. Uh, likewise, we are permitted to attend everything which is neutral. Yeah. So there are neutral yeah. events yeah. which are neutral to all people. So, can I hear the Jumullah Mu'tara in the middle? Okay. We have this, this uh, dispute that comes every year around 25th of December. Can a taxi driver or a person who goes to work and he's got his colleagues there, staff members there. Can he say Merry Christmas? Uh, no, this would be impermissible. How, what the taxi driver should do is uh, when he meets these people, uh, firstly, very rarely do you hear 
Eid Mubarak from a non-Muslim. Unless they are very familiar with our religion. But when they are celebrating, you can give them a gift, not on the 25th. On a different date. Not as a Christmas gift. With a different intention and also uh, when you greet them, yeah. don't give the greetings of the Christians. You give them the greetings of a Muslim. Say, we as Muslims are more happier than you regarding the birth of Isa They will be surprised. How, how are you more happier? Say to them, meaning engagement is very important. Yeah. And taxi drivers are very good at engaging with their passengers. They should say, uh, uh, we celebrate Isa salam every day. Secondly, you have made Christmas a secular celebration. No longer is Christmas a celebration about Isa salam. It's a it's a celebration about Coca Cola and Father Christmas. Yes. So these kind of interactions are very important, and a person should interact in such a manner. And this is being realistic. Yes. Meaning, some people may say you are being unrealistic. No. By you not celebrating Christmas, you do not uh, endanger your job yeah. or endanger your status. I was the best of the question. Christmas. As Hafizah mentioned about not saying Merry Christmas to, as you said, not saying Merry Christmas to a Christian about his uh, day, can we at least say congratulations to their special day? Uh, we, the problem with that is, let's say you have a Hindu boss and he's celebrating Diwali and you say congratulations, it's congratulating him on Shirk. Mm. Yes, that, uh, polytheism, I mean, it's a, the, the idea of polytheism is absurd. So by congratulating them, we are only congratulating them on Shirk. So uh, again, with wisdom, with wisdom, a person can circumvent such sit situations and uh, congratulate them for, uh, in a different way. How you say to them, congratulations on the fact that you believe in Jesus uh, as we believe in Jesus, the exception that you believe he is God, which we, have, we believe he was not the Son of God and he was in fact the Messiah. I Meaning there are ways of phrasing things uh, in order to avoid an awkward situation. Now some people to avoid an awkward situation will even drink wine. This happens, that they are in a Christmas party and they are offered wine and they actually drink the wine. Or they will stand under mistletoe and they will kiss a woman. Yes, this happens to people. But a, a, a believer in these type of situations avoids uh, acting upon the haram, the muharramat. Some people, they have non-Muslim relatives and they may go to their home and the non-Muslim relatives will have alcohol on the table are they permitted to eat with them? The answer is yes, but they do not eat from the haram. Yes, meaning you have a new Muslim, he accepts Islam, he goes to his non-Muslim parents' home uh, on Christmas Day. Is he allowed? The answer is yes, but with what intention? The intention to visit his parents. Yes, not to celebrate Christmas, to visit his parents. But he avoids the haram, the muharram foods. So we talk about the, the Masjid and Sufi. So what is the role of Imam in a local Masjid? So the, the role of the Imam, again, uh, aside from leading the prayers, the second most important role 
is instruction and teaching. Instruction and teaching. Instruction in what regard? Instructing the people with regard to their, firstly their beliefs, they need to know their beliefs. Secondly, with regard to their fiqh, jurisprudence. This includes salah, praying five times a day, the fasting in the month of Ramadan, distribution of zakat, uh, if the people are going hajj, to teach them the ahkam of hajj, and likewise, rules of talaq, laws of talaq, laws of marriage, laws of trade, mu'amalat, laws of inheritance, instructing the people in this regard. This is the most important role of the imam. Coming back to the same question before we went to Christmas. Kids are doing these school plays in the school and they are participating in that because they're part of the group and all that. Is that permissible? So uh, the questions regarding nativity plays and Christmas celebrations in schools. Uh, the problem is that parents are not exercising their right in this country. So if you go on the government website, you have every right to withdraw your children from certain religious celebrations. You have that right in this country. From RS classes also, you can withdraw your child. Uh, so what parents should do and must do is visit the school and remember the, the schools are not the problem. The problem is the ignorance of the community with regard to the law. The law of this country entails that if you do not want your child to sit in certain religious classes, you have every right to exercise that right. So nativity plays, uh, you can have the right to remove them from those plays, uh, to participate in any religious festival. You have every right to do that. And likewise, the Christians have the right to remove Christian children from Muslim celebrations. They have the right also. How you explain this to Christians, is that if there was a school opened by Muslims and every morning we had assembly and in the assembly we recited Kalimatu Shahada La ilaha illallah Sayyiduna Muhammadur Rasulullah and we made all the children utter this testimony of faith including the Christian children would they not be offended? I think they would be offended and additionally it's not permitted in our religion in our religion, we cannot enforce our faith upon children of other people of other faiths. This is why in, in the Khilafah, the Ahlul Zimma, they, they are not permitted to, uh, we are not permitted to teach the children of Ahlul Zimma the Quran. We are not permitted to teach the children of the Christians the Quran. Why? Because this is enforcing the religion upon them and curtailing their rights to freedom of religion. So we must exercise our rights. So if you go on the government website, you'll find the law relating to excluding your children from religious services. Now, come back to the question. Relating to this same topic, um, uh, there's another thing, uh, like I got a letter uh, last week. It would be school Christmas dinner at school. will be provided by school, all students, uh, participate in that, that food. Does that allow for the children to have it? Uh, again, you have the right to withdraw. withdraw them. So you mention that and you withdraw your child. Why? Because it normalizes Christmas. Uh, what happens, Al-Imam Jalaluddin al-Suyuti, 
in his book on Vida, Innovation, he states regarding Christmas that Christmas occurs in winter time. And in winter time, the days are short, uh, the daylight hours are short, and the night is long, and it is cold. So what, when Christians place their candles and lights and fires, it seems cozy. Ask the children, they will tell you. The Santa Claus, Father Christmas, the Christmas lights, it gives a cozy feeling. Then they have the presents, and what happens, a love for Christmas is inculcated in their hearts. Likewise, 